welcome listeners to season three, episode eight of Drinking and Screaming, a queer and feminist podcast about horror movies and cocktails. I'm Shar. And I'm Kelly. And this week we're joined by the fabulous actor, comedian, and tabletop RPG player, Ify Wadaway. Thanks so much for coming on the show, Ify. Oh, thanks for having me. I'm having a good time already. Uh, <laughs> Hell yeah. <laughs> Tell everybody about yourself, your projects, anything you're working on right now? Oh, yeah. You know, well, season two of Tiktone is confirmed to come out uh, in September this month. So uh, definitely peep that. Uh, that was fun writing on that show. Uh, and, uh, you know, all, all everywhere, uh, if you like hearing about just movies in general i have a movie podcast called who shot you pod uh the tagline is just a movie talk show that isn't just uh three white dudes talking uh (laughs) so uh check it out we we recently wrapped up the before trilogy so if you like romance and you like getting swept off your feet and just enjoying uh you know uh, a young uh ethan hawk Turn it into a man before your very (laughs) eyes. Uh, Check it out. I mean, who doesn't love that? Yeah, yeah. (laughs) I mean, that's the other. That's the other side of me, man. Horror movies and then romance. You know. Oh yeah. Uh, But this week, yeah, that's it. That's all I am. Yeah, Yeah. I mean, it's the same coin, really. And then (laughs) this week, we're watching a film that you recommended to us. So thanks for introducing us to Tales from the Hood from 1995. And we'll hear more from you in a bit when we dive into our discussion. But first, we have an inspired cocktail creation that we made to match the mood and themes of the movie. So we made this drink to feature an ingredient representing each of the four short horror stories featured in the film. We have to leave this in now. (laughs) Char stood up for a split second because she thought she saw a spider nest and Buddy immediately sat down in her chair. Gosh darn it, Buddy. Yes. But it's because, I mean, we haven't, this is uh, us recording for the drink section of the pod, but uh, Buddy's been sniffing it and this is the first drink that is not a frothy one that he was interested in. That's true. It wasn't creamy. It's not white at all. I mean, I did let him lick my straw the other day when I had a pumpkin spice ice cap, which had a little bit of like sugary stuff on the tip. So maybe he's got a taste for sugar now. Ooh. Oh, so you're telling me this is sweet. It's going to be, it's going to be me. <laughs> I, it's going to be. Tell me the process. I mean, I went into this saying that I was going to do one thing that kind of matches each episode of the anthology. Yep. Then I said that I'm not going to do that because it sets a precedent that I'm going to have to do that for every anthology. And then I forgot and I did it anyways. (laughs) So I kind of want to go through each of them. I know, I don't know how you feel about me telling the ingredients, uh, since we'll have them for the Patreon, patreon.com slash drink and scream. We can Give this one as a present. This one's a present for you, just like the host one that Gemma retweeted. <laughs> um, so, okay, because I want to justify each different one and what my thought process was, yes. okay? And that goes, it also goes in because we have a special announcement for the Patreon, which you're going to have to wait for the ad break. Ooh, 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 but ooh, big ooh. news coming. But yes, so each one, tell me. Each one. Okay, so first was a uh, guy gets killed by the cops, comes back. As a cool zombie and kills them. Yep. Uh, There's a moment where there's like a little roiling potion in his chest that is green. So that one's creme de menthe. (laughs) This is a shot, by the way. I'm looking at a shot I did not. This is too alcoholic to be a full on (laughs) cocktail. Just FYI. Okay. Next Uh, one. Next one is the kid who uh, can draw pictures and uh, crumple them up. 
kids love caramel so this is a butter ripple schnapps <laughs> nice <laughs> third one uh shitty white dude buys a uh home that had a bunch of slaves and they come back to life as dolls and kill him what's the whitest liquor we had coconut rum because <laughs> <laughs> coconut very white totally uh, and finally, the one of the guy going into the like rehabilitation purgatory hell chamber. Yep. Uh, was really bloody. So raspberry liqueur. Ah. So I thought all of these ones through and then I was like, that's not a drink. That's what a child makes when they think <laughs> that they are cool. Uh, this is a college drink if I've ever seen one before. Yep. But what is it called? Uh, it's all in one anthology again, setting a weird precedent that all of the drinks coming forward will be called this whenever we watch an anthology. <laughs> Maybe they will, but I'm a bit scared. Do you think it's going to be good? I sipped. I sipped. I sipped. I sipped a little bit. Um, it's tasty, but we're also using Evil Amy's uh, shot glasses. Ooh, sponsor. thanks, Evil Amy. And they are definitely not one ounce. There, in fact, <laughs> I think about one and a half ounces. Great. So I'm going to get fucked up. Uh, yep. It uh, says drink yep. up witches on the side, which I think is great. And it's also cool because the drink itself is kind of black, but the shot glass is orange and you can see the orange at the bottom. So it is very Halloweeny. Yeah. The creme de mint kind of overpowered the color dynamic of this. Mine's settled. So I've got a little bit of that, that bitter uh, butter, butternut. I got a bit of that butternut squash at the bottom of my drink. <sighs> wow. That's pretty good. The mint is strong. It's very minty, but the rest of it is good. I just sipped it. The other flavors do come in. I can taste the coconut on the tail end of this one, but it's yeah, it's very much like a mint gum that added a couple more flavors. And yeah, a delicious mint gum. Like it doesn't if I have a shot, and it's just mint. It's not really that great unless it's like chocolate mint for like Christmas or something. But the the sweetness of and the fruitiness really works for this. I mean, sometimes, you know, college students know what they're doing. Yeah. This is one of those drinks that will fuck you up, but it tastes like candy. Yeah. So. And I have a very busy day today. I have two other recordings to do. <laughs> oh, man, I should have put I should have put coffee liqueur in this. Then it would <laughs> lift you right up. Yeah. So, uh, but you like it? It's good. No, I do like it. I, I would ask for this again. If we were at a party, I would say, yeah, one more later on in the evening. One, two, three, one, two, three, drink. <laughs> So this week we watched Tales from the Hood from 1995. It premiered on May 24th of that year. It's directed by Rusty Cundiff and written by him and Darren Scott. Starring Clarence Williams III as eccentric funeral director Mr. Sims, Joe Torrey as scaredy cat gang member Stack, DeAndre Bonds as wisecracking gang member Ball, and Samuel Monroe Jr. as gang leader Bulldog. This synopsis is by Curly Q Link on IMDb. Thank you, Cur Curly Q Link. Wow, that's hard that's to say. A new person that we've never seen before. Yeah. And if you want to, your synopsis to be used instead of some randoms from IMDb, you can just email it to us at drinkingandscreaming at gmail.com. When three drug dealers are called to a funeral parlor to collect a stash of drugs, they are greeted by the creepy, eccentric Mr. Sims, who proceeds to tell them four moralistic tales of terror regarding the deceased who lie in his parlor. The first tale concerns a man murdered by crooked police officers and the officer who begins hearing his voice from beyond the grave to avenge his death. 
The second story deals with a boy named Walter, the monster who torments him and the teacher who realizes that something is wrong. The third story deals with a white supremacist running for governor who lives in an old house with a history, a history, sorry, of racial violence and who refuses to heed the warnings of the supernatural presence that occupies it. And finally, the fourth story deals with a career criminal who agrees to undergo a horrific behavioral modification program overseen by a government employed scientist. The stories each become gradually scarier as Mr. Sims goes on and as the drug dealers begin to lose their patience until they are ultimately given what they have come for and find that there is something much more evil to the funeral home than they ever realized because they're trapped in hell. Yeah, you're... Uh, your additional summary at the end is almost not needed, but yeah. the reveal at the end that they've been in hell this whole time is just chef's kiss. Great. Mm-hmm. Hit me with that trailer audio. In this neighborhood is a house where souls never rest. He thinks he needs to kill the monster. Now, your most terrifying nightmare and your most frightening reality are about to meet. On the streets. And this is a trip, homie. We'll take you to the outer limits of the inner city. Welcome to hell! <laughs> Tales from the Hood. Chill. Or be chilled. Oh my god! <laughs> Oh my god. <laughs> Chill or be chilled. I love it. The music was so goosebumps. It yeah, that sets a weird tone for this movie that is more along the lines of what you and I thought it was going to be. But oh man, chill or be chilled. I <laughs> Oof. But yeah, because we did a pre-fair for this. So if you want to know what we thought was going to happen, you can go uh to patreon.com slash drink and scream. But otherwise, we are pretty wrong. But I think that's one of your first points. Yeah. And chill. Or, or be, be chilled. chilled. That trailer also had the classic, like, in a world. Yeah. Welcome. <laughs> All right, Kelly, you got some thoughts for me? Yeah. So uh, we do the, like, pre-fear stuff for our podcast now, which is, like, where we talk about the movie before we've seen it and make assumptions and stuff. And the Wikipedia has the tag comedy for this movie, which I think does it a great disservice. Oh, yeah. It's like the second ingredient in like it's I think it's horror, comedy, drama, anthology film. And we had extremely different expectations going into this movie because of that. Hell oh, yeah. yeah. Especially because I talk about this movie a lot. And the reason I like it is because, you know, it, this was like what, what someone would consider a hood classic. And uh, you when you I rewatched it recently for Who Shot Ya and rewatching it, I was like, oh, this would be like held to the same regard as like a get out because it's such a like pointed, Definitely. you know, uh, like like statement. But because it had the tales from the hood title it was just like kind of marked as a you know black movie and i think especially coming around the time of things like leprechaun from from, uh, from the hood that kind of tarnished <laughs> different the, different yeah. things <laughs> oh yeah so so that's that's why i kind of have liked whenever i get a chance to like 
pick or big up a movie has been Tales from the Hood because I think it deserves a rewatch because I think a lot of people might have skipped it over for that reason. Mm-hmm. And when you watch it now, you're like, oh, damn, a lot of this still kind of applies. This oh, is yeah. crazy. Especially Nothing aged poorly. <laughs> today's like world events and everything. It's yeah. Mm-hmm. Holy shit. Yeah. What a lens to watch this through. Because like, yeah, going in, it's like with a title like that, I was expecting like Tales from the Crypt. But like, yeah, it just not it was like I was expecting like camping horror and stuff and it's like the the meta narrative of like going to the mortuary and like trying to buy the drugs Mm -hmm. like that was there was a lot of comedy in that what was the line the guy said it's like if something comes back and is dead how do you kill it kill it again that's like refried beans yeah Yeah. that's yeah yeah yeah. (laughs) (laughs) they have a whole refried beans to say like why didn't you fry it right the first time yeah (laughs) it was so good I love that. Uh, so like that, even even up to that point, I was expecting each of the stories to be like campy horror, but they got extremely real and not comedy <laughs> at all. And I was like, what did you, what are you doing, Wikipedia? <laughs> oh, yeah, so, that was my that's so that's my first point. You fucked up Wikipedia. Get it right. The first time, just like the beans. <laughs> oh. I'm going to go quick. So my second point real quick is I have to talk about. Tom Wright, the Needlemancer, the in the first story when Mar- Martin, tamed, played by Tom Wright, like gets killed by the cops, yes. gets drugged, gets dumped into the lake, and he comes back as like a teleporting Jason zombie. Yeah, but the the peak of him getting revenge on the cops is when he can now control needles and shoot them out like a like a necromancer was my favorite that was such a powerful awesome shot he turned into like superman out of nowhere and also like i I was really uh impressed with like the makeup like they really went for the like creepy like i'm dead oh yeah (laughs) for sure that would if i saw this when i was younger that would have scared the shit out of me oh yeah the prosthetics of like ripping off the cop's head and him just like standing on top of the cop car all like zombied out in a suit holding this guy's head was terrifying. Oh yeah. Uh, And then the cop like melts into the wall. It was so good. (laughs) Yeah. He was like, ah, (laughs) the mural is really cool. I also was going to point out that speaking of like the needles and like, that's for me something I, one of my top hates or like fears in horror films is when people get injected with things that they Mm, don't want to be. I fucking hate that. It blows my mind. So to have him like be able to flip that on its head and give it back to them was really cool. I know that was that was wild. And then, yeah, just more on like he had the voodoo belly where he had like some kind of like pot in his stomach. Yeah, that's like glowing. Like they started strong. Like that was the first one. And like that character, if I feel like if it was outside of an anthology, like that character would have his own uh, like trilogy of horror movies where it's like martin basically becoming like a jason figure of chasing down cops and throwing needles at them yeah yeah oh man my my thing with that one too is like if i ever die and someone makes a mural of me look that terrifying (laughs) you're the one who's getting haunted because that was a terrifying (laughs) mural like he looked so evil (laughs) yep yep not even zombified just a regular man but he gonna get you it's just it's iffy painted and it's all just arms and terrifying face yeah you're like (laughs) it's like what is that how you imagined iffy it's like yeah i guess yeah yeah pretty much (laughs) there would be a group of people who would not disagree but like yeah this is good mural 
<laughs> and those are my points. <laughs> Ify, do you want to jump into your thoughts? Oh, yeah. No. Um, and and we're, are we going to take it story by story, right? Uh, yeah, if you want to. What's your favorite oh, story? Okay. We yeah, can yeah. just jump anywhere. Oh, th- that that's a hard one. I mean, I think one that uh, I think most fun is probably for me, the the kid drawing it. You know, because like within that story of abuse is like a story of like reclaiming your power, which I thought was like very powerful. And like, you know, that was real cool. And then you get some nice body horror at the end there. But I think the puppets are always going to go go way harder, especially because like that movie came out like I think a year or so after. David Duke was almost elected. <laughs> so, mm. so like that was specifically making fun of David Duke, who like years later somehow still ended up in the White House. How did that happen? <laughs> what uh, the fuck? <laughs> yeah. So, and, and just the stop motion animation just made it even 10 times more creepy as, as the design of the dolls. And the uh, faces and then, that they had. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Those are like hundreds of Chuckies. <laughs> Yeah. But tiny. Oh, yeah. <laughs> that story as well was really interesting. Like I I almost wanted to I I'm not allowed to look up facts for movies when Char's doing the facts. So like I wanted yeah. to know if that was like a real thing that people would do. Uh yeah. like capturing the spirits and the dolls as like a way for them to have rest. And then to flip yeah. that on its head of like this this nice story into like they're also protecting this house and are just gonna kill this guy like the tiny little raptors in Jurassic Park. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> And then the old lady's gonna come back in a rocking chair watching him just get mutilated. That yeah, that was so good. That that was one that I remember like as a kid was the one that scared me the most because mm. just the idea of like because it's scary enough when you're dealing with something supernatural, but for it also to be small enough to like run through the corners <laughs> and you can't see, and you're like, ah and you, you hear the little, the little feet. Yeah. <laughs> the little tick. <laughs> Yeah. So good. And then like when, yeah, cause he like shoots one in the head and then you could just see it like reforming itself and it's like, oh, okay. Yeah. So they're, oh. they're also just immune to all damage. Yeah. They're T-800 uh, puppets. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, that's a movie right there. Oh yeah. The oh. tiny little puppets, like tiny Terminator. That's yeah. going to be the reboot. Tiny Terminators. <laughs> Made by Seth Green and the team yeah. of <laughs> Robot Chicken. Oh Yeah. Look, I'm here for it. <laughs> so that one was there. And then, yeah, I, so I'm trying to. So we have first we have the the a politician targeted by the police who, who get, injects them with drugs. And then I think the one after that is the kid who can draw monsters based on people abusing him in real life and, cr- and crumble them. Mm-hmm. That, that was interesting because that could have gone the other way because, you know, you have that Twilight Zone episode with the kid. Oh, yeah. Who was like su- superpowers. So everyone was like. Uh, like that could be a sequel that that where he like takes advantage of it yeah yeah where we're like now it's the same family even with the teacher maybe being his stepdad now and the dynamic has changed because now they're all afraid of him Mm -hmm. because Mm. they know he has this power uh it really like even when uh he crumpled up the the drawing that he made of the kid that was bullying him and then we see mm-hmm. the the kid be pulled away in the ambulance and it just pans up to him in the window like staring down <laughs> the kid yeah. at the ambulance like, it I did really this. could have gone that way oh yeah he, he seemed like he was very proud of his work with that kid <laughs> <laughs> the moment when he does that to the stepdad and like 
everyone just immediately accepts that this is just a thing that can happen was so weird. It's like, I understand that this guy's like abusing you and stuff, but the moment that you see a man just crumple into a ball <laughs> and you're not freaking out about that is yeah, incredible. Yeah. <laughs> that kid had such a good yeah, support I would, system. I would forget about everything that was going on and focus on why this man is a crumpled ball in front of me. <laughs> Who's still managing like, to no, threaten me. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they're like, no, let's throw it on the fire. Let's 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 make him super dead. Uh, let's make the kid finish the job he started by lighting the picture on fire. Oh, man. When that oh happened, Kelly was like, this is traumatizing. And I was like, well, like, he's not going to look at it while it burns. No, just dead nope. eyes. This guy, this stepdad burning. And he's like, I did this. Yeah, yeah. Ooh. I have a uh, power. <laughs> It also was cool in that we don't know that it's the stepdad. I mean, there's heavy foreshadowing, but you see the like monster hand on the door. Mm-hmm. That was pretty cool. Yeah. Not to get too real, but the moment that the kid was lying in bed and the door open, I'm like, that's a stepdad. <laughs> <laughs> I, I recognize this. <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. And then, and then the nice icing on top is when he reveals his tattoos and and you see that uh, he was called monster. Yeah. In yep. whatever gang he was in. Yeah. Oh. <laughs> Which, Shar, you recognize that actor from something completely opposite of horror, right? Yeah. Yeah. Mm -hmm. He was the dad in Parenthood, I think, too. Um, I recognize him from Jumanji. He's like the cop mm -hmm. slash shoemaker. Um, And like throughout that entire film, he's so, so funny. Yeah. It's always weird to see a a character that you recognize as being like a wholesome character be the child abuser. Oh, yeah. I mean, he his whole series. Hold on. I'm going to find out so I can. uh, Hold on. Yeah. David Allen Greer. Like he was he was like one of the classic black dads. Yeah. Um, He he was the dad in the Carmichael show. Did the whiz. You know, he was in Blank Man. So like. I remember even as a kid being surprised and being like, no, this can't be this. this is, he's a good guy. He was like, nah, I'm a bad guy now. <laughs> I get to be that's the bad why guy. why he wanted to do it. Yeah. Yeah. Such a change. I mean, that's the plus side of doing anthologies is like, you don't have to, you can just go all out for 15 minutes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. And then, and then ta-da. <laughs> then we had the one, uh, who with with the with the gang member guy mm-hmm. yeah. who was Q in Moesha or no he wasn't Q in Moesha but he was in Moesha and he had the wildest sideburns <laughs> yes incredible and he had the cake cut into his forehead yeah. as well so good such a choice I was like <laughs> what made them go like let's give him these crazy sideburns <laughs> I mean they were um, they were all right I liked him. <laughs> and it seemed like this prison was an allegory for like limbo, I guess. Yeah. And he had to change his ways if he wanted to live. Yeah, that that was wild too because like yeah, every one of these stories, these 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 stories are things that like affect the black community. So you had police brutality in the first one, you had abuse in the home and you had uh, you know, racist politicians and this one is gang violence. And it was it was it was interesting. Uh, albeit heavy-handed at times, but like yeah. I think by this point in the the story like it was kind of earned. You're like, yeah, this is this <laughs> these are the types of stories. And then and then we get the big reveal, which is probably one of my favorite movie moments. I, I look it up from time to time. Uh, 
Welcome to hell. So like, yeah, the the guys who were picking up drugs in this funeral home are revealed to be the ones who kill killer K in the in the previous story and that they are not in a funeral home, but instead are in hell dancing with some of the characters in the previous. (laughs) I thought it was funny that they before they realize they're in hell, they open up the caskets and they see themselves in the caskets like being dead. And then their first thought is to just threaten the funeral home guy and be like, what do you mean? Yeah. <laughs> we yeah. still want oh, yeah. our drugs. Yeah. <laughs> what? <laughs> Something is going on and you're missing the point. <laughs> yeah, you gotta let you gotta let go of the drugs at this point, brother. You gotta you got bigger things to handle. Yeah. But just that transformation scene has always like was I remember as a kid, the first time not knowing it's coming, I that was like Bigger than six cents for me. I was like, they were in hell the whole time. <laughs> and it's funny too, because like with these horror anthologies that are sort of like like they have the meta narrative of like some kids walking into a funeral home getting the old mortician telling them stories. Like you expect that the end is gonna be them like, Well, we learned our way. Thanks, old mortician man. We won't buy any more drugs and they leave. But just the like, no, you're in hell, you fucked up and you're screwed yeah, forever yeah. is so good. <laughs> Oh yeah, it, it was basically Mr. Toll, uh, Mr. Toad's Wild Ride at Disneyland. You you go to hell, don't pass go. <laughs> the end. Uh, <laughs> Especially because they didn't really learn anything. Like after yeah. all those stories of like extremely real and actionable things, they get to the end and it's like, hey, where's our drugs though? <laughs> <laughs> These stories are cool and all, but we still want the drugs. Yeah, we still want those drugs. And he's like, okay, well you're in hell, and they're like. Damn it. I wanted those drugs so bad. <laughs> Damn. We were going to make so much money. <laughs> now we're all dead and shit. But that transformation uh, at the end is wild, oh, too. Oh, it's so good. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the snake tongue, too. Oh, yeah. That yeah. comes so between the teeth. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. What a choice. What a choice. They're like, we're going we're gonna to have it come between your gap tooth. Yeah. Uh, sorry if you're sensitive about it. But that's how we want to do it. I mean, like, people, oh. people love the devil, like Tim Curry's devil from Legend, but mm-hmm. this one needs to yeah. be... You put up right next to that one. <laughs> oh yeah, still having like a bit of the Afro poof, and the Afro so, poof turns into horns. So good. Oh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> also, I like that in this image of hell is just flames and him laughing, and everyone just kind of in the flames getting yeah. it. Like, because like the people that seem like they were the hell veterans seem like they were just dancing. Yeah, like, they weren't burning. They're just like ah. Maybe it gets good <laughs> after a while. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. Maybe after the credit roll, we find out it's just one big rave. And it's yeah. like, doof, 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 <laughs> DJ Devil, Devil, Devil. <laughs> Listen, I know I told you all these stories, but actually, hell's pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Don't worry about it. It's just That's the initial fear that you need to get. <laughs> yeah, yeah, and then you're yeah. through the gates. <laughs> yeah. And you're partying. Yeah. yeah. It's cool. Don't worry about it. Oh, man. <laughs> uh, for me, my favorite story was definitely the KKK comeuppance. And it oh, was yeah. like, it was just wild. The dolls. I couldn't get past mm-hmm. it, but I really also liked the painting that they had in the house with the woman in the chair surrounded by her dolls. And at first, yeah, when a doll comes to life, you see like a white outline or they one of the dolls has been covered with white paint. And I thought, oh, that's kind of like pulls me out of it. I just wish that the doll wasn't there anymore. Yeah. But then moving on from that as like more and more of them come alive and seeing the impact of like 
almost all of them turned to white until finally the grandma's was white too. I thought that was really cool and well done. It was real solid. I did like it too. And apparently the actor uh, who played the David Duke character is someone else who also plays traditionally good folks. Oh, yeah. Like everyone was stepping out for this movie. They were like, we want to be bad. Hell yeah. And he like, it's... <laughs> I mean, again, with the like, it was a bit heavy handed at times, but also like well deserved. Like him just hitting the dolls with an American flag was just. Oh, my gosh. Yes. <laughs> so and like yes. smacking, even smacking the woman's painting with an American flag and then she starts bleeding. It's like, it, oh, yeah, someone's laying it on oh, yeah, thick, they, but also like. Yeah, yeah. They put they put the they put the, the weight in the gloves on that. That one. <laughs> that is that is one that every time I've talked about, we've been like, yeah, uh, this is way too much. Yeah. <laughs> like we get it and then my last point is just that damn this movie really needed a fight choreographer and they clearly did not have one <laughs> or if they did it was someone that wasn't that experienced because oh no you're about to say the stepdad fight right yes. yeah oh my god yeah, that was the weakest fight i've ever seen i was like yeah, have either of y'all ever fought in your life uh, <laughs> no he's the he's like, the huh. dad he's the he's always the dad character he's i don't want to i don't want to punch i don't know how to punch guys yeah, that's true <laughs> oh man uh, no guys you're gonna have to teach me how to punch that to me it just took me i guess it kind of i'm two minds of it because it could be that it's going for the comedy tone Sort of that the interspersing of the sh short stories has but i just feel like it pulled me out of what was going on because it's such high stakes, really. And the stories are very pertinent to what's going on with all these characters lives. And then it just felt like it fell so flat for me. Yeah, because it is supposed to be oh, like yeah. the, the. No, I don't. I don't think it was. Oh, sorry. No, go ahead. <laughs> oh, I was saying I, I don't think it was played for comedy. I think it was bad fight choreography. <laughs> <laughs> clear. Clear bad fight choreography. And uh, and yeah, every time I'm like, OK. Okay. Here it is. <laughs> you got to make like a drinking game or something for it. Like every time they like stop before they hit the person, yeah. take a shot and then you'll just be dead. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I mean, the the, oh the guy gosh. who played the teacher also wasn't the greatest actor. So maybe he also wasn't just selling too well. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. That was yeah, that too. <laughs> it was just weird. Oh man. And he was doing those Vicks, Vince McMahon cells. Uh, <laughs> I have a so fact good. about that later. Oh no. Dun dun dun. Wait, was Vince McMahon the fight choreo for this? <laughs> <laughs> Trust me, okay. What are you gonna do? You're gonna hit him over the face. You're gonna, you're gonna go whatever you right. But you're gonna stop before you hit him because you don't you don't want to like two feet. Two feet away. Him. You gotta stop. <laughs> two feet. <laughs> hey, you stop your foot on the ground when you hit him. <laughs> Very good. <laughs> We're going to take a moment to talk about our socials and sponsors. But first, we have some very special fan shout outs today. First of all, I want to shout out our newest patron, Kat. Thank you so, 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 so much for your support. We could not do this without you. You're the best. Thanks, Kat. To all of our patrons, we're excited to offer you exclusive bonus content like the pre-fear bonus episodes that we record before watching movies we've never seen before. Whoa. Whoa. And we have a new Patreon initiative coming soon. When we 
reach $150 per month of Patreon support, we'll start doing live monthly watch-alongs of horror films so that we can all hang out together and experience the joy of horror. We're already at $62 a month, which is basically halfway there, and we've gotten a lot of new listeners recently. So if you've just found us, please consider becoming a patron today at patreon.com slash drink and scream for tons of cool rewards and bonus content. We also want to shout out our listeners who take the time to review us on Apple Podcast. Reviews are great and a free way for you to support the show. And we'd love if you could review us. So shout out to Vincent McElroy, who says, as someone who doesn't consume alcohol, I don't drink. Or horror movies, I can't watch them. Drinking and Screaming is a very easy access podcast to sit down and enjoy. The energy off of Shar and Kelly is just a joy to behold. Aw, thanks. The enthusiasm and differing opinions, followed by the absolute mushiness of talking about the origin of the IMDb fact session. Yeah. It feels heartwarmingly mushy to me. Thanks. That's in. That's what they say. <laughs> uh, it's just wonderful. Whether you love horror movies or respectfully nod to them as you pass by their posters in the cinemas, drinking and screaming is definitely worth the checkout. Dude, thanks That's so awesome. much. We I'm love that. I'm glad we're mushy. Yeah. Meow, 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 meow. <laughs> and user legs with a Z003 who says, I am so happy I found this podcast. Booze, spooky movie chats and trivia and using your platform to talk about feminist and queer issues. Amazing. Not enough people use their platforms to spread acceptance and good vibes like this. Plus, like Shar and Kelly are so charismatic. It's the perfect package. Thank you times a million. <gasps> a million? Holy cow, that's so many thanks. That's 100,000, by the way, Shar. You know, whatever. <laughs> I adjust these, ad- these reviews as I see fit. This is my show. This season of Drinking and Screaming is sponsored by Evil Amy's Terror Shop, who provided us with amazing goodies to talk about on our episode. Today, I'm going to talk about the shot glasses I used for this drink. Holy cow. Which are now empty. Yeah, I drank it fast. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mine also says drink up witches and it's got cauldron on it. And they're like tinted orange and they're really cool and spooky and Halloweeny. And I know it's not Halloween yet, but you know what? It basically is because it's September. 2020 has all been Halloween. <laughs> all Halloween all the way down. You can buy their products. They ship globally at EvilAmy'sTerrorShop.com. Ify, remind everyone where they can find you. Uh, yeah, if you want to check me out, just follow me on uh, Twitter and Instagram at ifywadiwe, I-F-Y-N-W-A-D-I-W-E. That's where you can, uh, you know, keep up to date on the things I'm working on, like season two of TikTok dropping this month. You can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at drink underscore scream. On Facebook at drink and scream. You can email us at drinkingandscreaming at gmail.com. And you can join our Discord, join the conversation at bit.ly slash hopped up Discord. It's season three. It's time for a new sponsor. Do you smell that? The thick fog in the air, suffocating and muddied. Do you hear that? The creaking boards of the boathouse, the wet crackling of pine needles beneath your cold feet. Do you see that? The dim, pulsating glow of the gas lamp, hanging up, just out of reach. What sort of lakeside terror is this? Well, it's a candle. A candle for horror fans. A candle from Liz's Horrifying Candle Co. Shop now on HorrorCandles.com with the code DRINKSCREAM10 for 10% off your first purchase of three or more candles. So this is a brand new sponsor that we got, and I found them on Instagram, fell in love, reached out, and they wanted to sponsor with us. And my favorite part is that these bad boys are handmade with soy wax, which makes them safe for your little fur babies. I feel like it's not well known that you shouldn't use petroleum candles if you have animals, because it's basically like smoking packs of cigarettes in their face. 
place. So we're really keen on what candles are made of because we do love candles. So these are going to be safe for Buddy. They're going to be Buddy approved. Wink. We're getting a shipment soon and we'll give you our honest thoughts on them as soon as we can. But for now, get 10% off, bro. Drink Scream 10. At HorrorCandles.com. Back to the episode. Be chill or be chilled. <laughs> All right. You want to take us into our uh, next segment, Kelly? Oh, man, I got to I got to get used to this one because this is this is by far the most the dorkiest intro to one of our segments. <laughs> All right. It's time to open the Reconomicon. <laughs> Sound effects. <laughs> yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> there we go. Um, so I this is a bit of a pullback of the curtain because before we started recording, we were talking about the sequel of Tales from the Hood, which apparently has bad reviews, which ruins my recommendation, which was going to be Tales from the Hood 2 with Keith David from 2018. Well- Wait, but but did you like it? Because that's all we didn't counts. watch it yet. I haven't seen it, but I just feel <laughs> it's a like... recommendation for ourselves to yeah. go watch it after we record. <laughs> <laughs> I was so I had there was no doubt in my mind that it was going to be good because this one was so great. But I guess the yeah. higher they go, the fa- harder they fall. Yeah, I think the teams were completely different. They were really trying to do something, and yeah, no no one was speaking highly of it. Yeah. So Oof. I, I I'm open to y'all. Checking it out and letting me know. <laughs> My Reconomicon is going to be very on brand with the brand of this segment because uh, we talked about it before we recorded. I just watched Color Out of Space and I really love just in general, I love movies trying to portray the unportrayable. Like in the story, Color Out of Space, the story specifically says it's a color unseen by human eyes. Like it's this color. They do their best with a lot of like fractal, like, you know, just changing, ever glowing. And it's, it's a beautiful, gorgeous film to watch. And then there are some, uh, deep if you're like very not into body horror, <laughs> you might want to skip this one. because it, A little bit. Yeah. It really throws it at you. It's like they they're like, hey, uh how let's 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 hire someone who's a fan of Cronenberg because we're going <laughs> to we're going to we're going to go all out with this. My recommendation, I talk about it a lot and I still haven't gotten sure to watch it, but it's uh, Three Extremes from 2004. It's actually another horror anthology uh, that's a collaboration of three different directors from three different countries. And it kind of focuses on like the human psyche through a horror lens. Three Extremes is technically a sequel, but there's no narrative arc whatsoever. And I've never seen the first one, so I can't recommend it. (laughs) I I recommended something I haven't seen. Look how that turned out for me. (laughs) (laughs) I'm the same way, though. I I also am like I love a record that's like I haven't seen it, but I'm interested in seeing it. Mm. And I feel like that's a wreck enough for you to see it. Maybe maybe we'll see it together that I'm recommending it to you. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. All right. That brings us to scaredy facts. For those of you who are just joining us for the first time, and for you, Ify, welcome to our relationship, where this segment of the pod, we bring you into our home, snuggle up under a blanket, and we go on IMDb looking for some horror trivia to help us be less scared of the movie we just watched. Mm-hmm. Oh. Which I don't feel like it works for a movie that's just super real. <laughs> <laughs> just don't look outside. Yeah, don't look outside and you'll be fine. 
Yeah. Oh, man. But starting with the budget, this film, I was surprised, has a six million U.S. budget estimated. Mm. Opening weekend, they made three point nine million. So just over half. Hmm. And then mm-hmm. I feel like this isn't right. But IMDb says that they made just under twelve million as the worldwide gross. But I thought that this was more successful. Like, I thought it had more of a cult following than these numbers are telling me. Yeah, I think it might have been one of those cult followings that happened in the, like, video era or something. Mm. Because, yeah, there definitely is a cult following, but I definitely know a lot of people haven't seen it, so... Mm. Might be one of those things where, like, one person owned the VHS and would give it to their friend to watch. (laughs) Hell yeah. Yeah. (laughs) The commune. The original ring. (laughs) (laughs) Interestingly, Kelly, you brought up that you thought this was going to be like a Tales from the Crypt-esque film, but that is what they were going for. So this movie is a tribute to the British horror anthology films of the 60s and 70s, one of which is the original Tales from the Crypt. So that's where they got their title. And the running theme is very similar from Tales of the Crypt and this. Hmm. In those movies, it's also revealed at the end that everyone's already dead and in hell. So, yeah. yeah. Oh, really? Mm -hmm. I guess like it's it was... It felt less real. I mean, I haven't watched Tales from the Crypt in a while. I don't know if they actually talk about real issues or just like a slime that comes out of the sewer and (laughs) eats your dog or something. I mean, that's a real issue. (laughs) (laughs) Sewer slime eating your dog? Got all the slime. The slime. The stuff. It's everywhere. Or a mannequin. Wait, the mannequin's goosebumps. Never mind. (laughs) Also, okay, we were talking about, someone brought it up. I forget who it was. How awful the teacher's acting was. Uh Yes. Okay. So that was Rusty Kandif, who is literally the director of the film. Oh, no. Uh, oh, no. Uh, <laughs> oh, no. I mean, the fight choreo was great. It, oh, man, you did such a good job. Uh, <laughs> if you ever want to come on. It all makes sense. <laughs> oh, boy. And then my next one, we kind of already talked about it, but David Allen Greer, this is one of his first like non-comedic roles as Carl, the um, very abusive stepfather during the second segment. And that was something that a lot of audiences were very thrown off because they mostly, this fact says like during the mid 90s, he's known as one of the cast members on the iconic sketch show In Living Color from 1990. Mm-hmm. So that was interesting. I got a pitch for you guys. Yeah. It's not thought out very well. In living color out of space. Oh, God. Is there anything there? Anything? (laughs) I hope there's definitely a sketch I'm going to (laughs) write. Just give us a little little writing story by. Yeah. (laughs) Kelly Ray. Pitch by. Just every time the fly girls appear on uh, on screen, they're just going to be more and more disfigured. (laughs) Just morphing together into one. Oof. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh, that is such a fun creepy concept but like yeah, a comedy sketch show that is just slowly devolving into this Lovecraftian horror. I mean, that's to ki- the point where like That's kind of like don't don't hug me, I'm scared a bit. Yes. Oh my gosh, mm. yeah. <laughs> Which is another thing I need to get Shar to watch. Yeah, I haven't seen I that know. yet. I'm I, like, yes, it is like that. I, I keep don't saying, know. I keep always saying green is not a creative color whenever I dye my hair yeah. and nobody gets yeah. it. And I, well, nobody. I'm the only one here. We're in quarantine. <laughs> Buddy doesn't get it. <laughs> Speaking of also like this film's commentary or um, following being of the video era, apparently there was a laser disc release that featured... Uh, commentary track from the director but then when they made a dvd release they didn't put that on there 
No. So it's just gone forever. I'll never get my director's oh. commentary. <laughs> I'm finding out about a lot of like movies lost to the world. Like apparently there's a Jersey girl, Kevin Smith director's cut with more JLo that it is apparently very, very good. Hmm. Uh, but it, it's like unreleased and you only had an opportunity to see it every here and there. And I was like, now I want to see it. Yeah. <laughs> like I want to see the things I can't see. Yeah, That's exactly. Kind of the one time we went to um, Rocky Horror, there was like a, it was like a April Fool's edit from New York that took out the dinner scene and replaced it with the dinner scene from Beetlejuice because the dinner scene in Rocky Horror is extremely boring. Yeah. And <laughs> they never made like a physical copy. So it was one of those things where you had to go to like little theaters to oh, watch. Wow. It was good. That's dope. Wow. <laughs> this is something that Iffy, you already pointed out, but the name Duke Metker is a combination of two notorious real life white supremacists. So the former, yeah, sure, former neo-Nazi Klansman David Duke and Klansman turned white Aryan resistance founder Tom Metzger. So they combined mm. those names to create the awful guy from KKK come up. Yeah. <laughs> and then I only have three more. So of that same story, some of the dolls in that segment were later reused in Team America. World oh, Peace. no. Oh, wow. Yeah. World Police <laughs> 2004, uh, which is also done by the Chiodo brothers. So I could see why. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And then <laughs> I went to the Chiodo brothers of. Uh, uh, like their warehouse once and it's glorious uh oh my god tell was, us about was, that oh yeah so my, my first my first tv acting uh credit and appearance was i was in this docudrama for true tv called drugs made me do it and i played uh this guy uh this rapper who was called Big Lurch, who um, did PCP and ended up murdering a woman and eating her lungs. And so like we were doing like and it was like this like company that does like a lot of those like it was like an asylum-esque company oh, yeah. that does like a lot of the like is so transmorphers. So they were partnered with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so they, they were like the director was like, I want to make this extremely gory and have them bring us back. So we went to the Chiodo brothers because they wanted to do an insert shot of my hand reaching into a chest and pull. I was like, there's no way this is making it on true TV, (laughs) but also that is the Venus de Milo uh, Ninja Turtle <laughs> life-size suit because like they had like different Ninja Turtles like because they let us like walk around and see all the stuff they were working oh, on man. and they were working on uh, dinosaurs for the Natural History Museum at the time. Oh, yeah. Uh, so like so like we got to see them working on that. It was it was really cool. That sounds like, awesome. Probably, the best part. Damn. Wait, did nothing we shot there was shown on TV. Yeah, I was gonna say <laughs> that was my question. Did that actually make it to true TV? No, not not e- not even a little bit. <laughs> oh. In we Kelly actually, as we watched this, when the for the one about the boy drawing the monster, when we we don't see who's in the casket at the beginning. So we were wondering, like, who is it going to be? But in some TV versions, instead of the charred remains of Carl lying in the casket at the end of uh, Boys Do Get Bruised is the name of that one. It's Walter lying in there instead. Walter was the the kid. So the teacher was like, this kid's too powerful. We need to take him out. I guess. 
Yeah, I've seen I've seen those cuts, and that has been weird to me. Where it's like, why is wait he died? (laughs) Seems like he's very much alive by the end of this. It's actually the the version that you pitched, where he goes on to basically control the world with his drawing powers. Yeah, Uh, the teacher had to fight him in the climactic scene. Yeah, it was the most boring fight ever. Yeah, and then Clarence Williams the third starred in the season four episode of Tales from the Crypt. Uh, which was a Ooh. called Maniac at Large. So hey. he made it in there for that. And that's it. That's all my scaredy facts. Yeah. There wasn't that much, unfortunately. So I f- apologize for my lack of real zingers. It's fine. But I did my best work I could. No, that, that was a, those, those zingers zanged. Okay? All right. <laughs> no, thank you. I feel confident in my zinger zanging talk. now. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Final thoughts. You got one for us, Kelly? I mean, now you, I'm... I'm kind of bummed that if he told us that the second one's no good, because I was genuinely going to go and watch this for the watch the second one. And you know what, if he your recommendation be damned, I'm going to go watch it just to spite you. <laughs> yeah, please let me know, because I could be wrong. Maybe because there's a lot of things people people think mother exclamation point isn't good. Fuck, that's uh, and I think awesome. it's an amazing movie. All right. So I'm going to go in expecting the Tales from the Hood, too, is like mother. Here we go. <laughs> Ify, you got a final thought for us? Oh, yeah. No, this is, yeah. Like uh, like I said, I love talking about this movie. I love showing folks this movie. Uh, you'd be surprised how like poignant this movie is in this day and age for it to be made in the 90s. Uh, so definitely check it out. Hell yeah. That's what mine is just. I'm so glad that you picked this movie for us, especially seeing it for the first time with today's lens. But yeah, I feel like it wasn't something that I would have picked up if it hadn't been that you were coming on and suggested it. And I really, really loved it. And now I'm going to be telling everybody I see. Have you seen Tales from the Hood? Have you seen it? Have you seen it? (laughs) I mean, it's that new movie. Like anytime you've seen a movie that no one else has seen, you're just like, oh, my God, you haven't seen this extremely obscure and and nobody else has seen it movie. What's wrong with you? (laughs) (laughs) Like, come on. Come on. What are you doing with your life? (laughs) Damn. (laughs) All right, Kelly, take us away. Well, that's been Tales from the Hood, a movie about Clarence Williams III chewing the scenery in hell. Next week, we'll be watching A Nightmare (laughs) on Elm Street from 1984. And remember, always scream responsibly. Thank you for listening to Drinking and Screaming. Drinking and Screaming is produced and edited by Charlene Bear. Our sound engineer and logo designer is Kelly Wright. And it's hosted by, yep, you guessed it, Kelly Wright and Charlene Bear. For bonus episodes, Patreon poll voting privileges, and exclusive rewards, become a patron at patreon.com slash drink and scream. Want a shout out? Review us on Apple Podcasts and we'll read your review live on the show. For more information, check out our website, drinkingandscreaming.com. 